Welcome to Act Local, marketing for small business with your host, Kaylin Amadio. Kaylin helps smart, savvy, and motivated business owners like you kick it up a notch online, even if you've tried and been disappointed before, or technology just isn't your thing. Act Local will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. Whether you need help with online media, social media, video, or mobile marketing, Act Local will guide you into the 21st century with easy tips, tricks, and techniques that get your local business seen and heard. Each week, Kaylin features a new tip you can use today, as well as a range of guest experts who are passionate about helping local business owners thrive. And now here's your host, digital media maven, Kaylin Amadio. Welcome to Act Local Marketing for Small Business, episode 106. Happy New Year! I'm Kaylin Amadio, and it is 2015. Every year I get older, and I am increasingly amazed at how fast time can travel. I shouldn't be, I know, but it happens to me every year. Back to the Future, the movie, starring Michael J. Fox. You remember that one? When he traveled to the future... The future was 2015. Can you believe that? In the movie, they had hoverboards. Hoverboards! Not to mention that cool DeLorean time travel car. What I want to know is when is somebody going to invent a time travel machine? We've been fascinated with that subject probably since H.G. Wells wrote The Time Machine. Maybe even earlier. I don't know. At the very least, someone should figure out how to make a 30-hour day. That's what I've always wanted. It seems to me it's simply a math problem, right? You know what? Okay, let's do it. Hold on. Here we go. 365 days a year times 24 hours a day. Carry the two. 8,760 hours a year. Okay, if I divide that by 30. Oh, and it's an even number. Okay, cool. We could change the calendar to 292 days a year and have 30-hour days. Now that means uh, that means 42 weeks a year instead of 52 weeks. Now that sounds absolutely reasonable to me. What do you think? I told you it's just a math problem. Each week here on Act Local, I share a special strategy with you called today's takeaway. That's where you get at least one action item you can walk away with today to implement and grow your business. Although I would love to grant you longer days, I don't actually have that power, and I don't think that's a viable takeaway today. So I have something else for you. Today on the podcast, I'm speaking with a friend of the show. She is a smarty pants with a crystal ball that tells her what the technology trends are likely to be this year. So you want to stay tuned for that. Now, I have a story I want to tell you to set up my takeaway today. See, I have three sons, and my middle son graduated high school this past June in 2014, and he started at our local community college in the fall. He's never been a conscientious student, but he did have fairly good grades. He A's, B's, the occasional C, usually by the skin of his teeth. He's 19. And his dad and I quickly discovered that college is different from public school. In college, they don't give parents updates or a heads up even when things aren't going well. So asking him how he was doing was nothing more than an exercise in futility, really, with him responding, you know, the typical, I don't know, or okay, I guess. If you're a parent, you know what I'm saying. You've been there. So long story short, my boy is in league with Bluto Blutarski in Animal House. So over the holiday break, I asked him what changes he was going to make to be successful because he insisted, insisted that he still wants to go to college. Typical response, I'm just going to do better, mom, which of course was not good enough for me. My response, being the engineer that I am, you need a plan. 
He told me, you're a planner, mom. I'm not. I'm just going to do what I have to do. Still not good enough for me. So I recited the quote from Benjamin Franklin to him, by failing to prepare, you're preparing to fail. Actually, I prefer the way Winston Churchill put it. He who fail, fails to plan is planning to fail. And that's the version that I gave my son. He paused and immediately asked me who said that, which means I'd caught his attention. Two days later, when I brought the subject up again, he had the start of a plan in his head. Still not on paper, mind you, but it was in his head, which is far better than the intention. Without a plan, intentions cannot come to fruition. You know the proverb, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. The same can be said of your business. Having intentions and hope of what you want to happen is not a foundation for progress. So let's discuss today's takeaway. I promised you an action item you could take with you now to grow your business. So here it is. My personal New Year's resolution in 2015 is to engage a new 30-day challenge every month of the year. So a 30-day challenge is deciding on an action to build a good habit. It either builds a good habit or it can break a bad one. And keeping yourself dedicated to that challenge every day for 30 days. That's what a 30-day challenge is. Now, I'm going to do a different 30-day challenge every month for my personal life as well as in my business. So you can adapt my resolution as a growth hack for your business. Analyze the areas of your business that are lacking. Create a challenge and implement it for that entire month. So that would be 12 challenges throughout the year. Don't stop implementing that challenge until the month is up. And then step back and see the good that you've caused. So here are some examples of 30-day challenges that you can do in your business. Call an existing customer or client every day for the 30 days and catch up with them. This is not a sales call. It's an I'm thinking about you because you're important to me call, period. If you don't reach the person, just leave them a message telling them you're thinking about them, wishing them a wonderful 2015 or something like that. You get the picture. Here's another one. Choose a function or procedure in your business that only you know how to do and write a standard operating procedure for it. This paves the way for delegating tasks that you probably shouldn't be doing anyway. Okay, here's another one. Create a list of target prospects for 2015. You could set up an Excel spreadsheet and research who the best person to contact at that company is, uh, how to reach them, their contact information, even which products or services that you offer that might be the best fit. Then you can set up a system for contacting and following up with each person on the target list. And here's the last one I'm going to offer you. Institute time blocking. In other words, set your weekly calendar with blocks of time to handle specific tasks like email. You will look at your email and respond to it at 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. Or returning non-emergency phone calls. I get it. When clients have emergencies, that's one thing. But just random phone messages that come in that you need to return, you're going to return them at 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. Any research that you need to do for your work, client project work that you need to be engaged in, prospecting, social media, and other marketing. Block time on your calendar for each task that should be done in your business and then stick to it. You'll find that you get much more done when you block your time. And there you have it, some 30-day challenges you can do so that you're working on your business and not just in your business. If you want my advice, feel free to drop me an email to ask at Act Local Marketing, and I'll point you in the right direction. I've met so many people between my personal networking and, and this podcast and the conferences I go to. I've got a lot of resources at my disposal, and I can definitely point you in the right direction and be helpful, so just ask. And that's today's takeaway. Please contact me. Find me on Facebook or Twitter or Google Plus and follow me so that I can get to know you better. Do me a favor and tell your social media followers about Act Local Marketing for Small Business. Subscribe to the podcast 
and leave me a review on iTunes. Those reviews help me get noticed so I can help busy boomer business owners like you heal the economy by growing their businesses. Now it's time for a quick break, and when we return, the lovely Laurie McCabe is here, and she's stepping to the front of the room. So I feel too. so close to you right now. Axe Local is the place where busy entrepreneurs like you gain more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the Internet gives them the power to bring their business to the next level. Kaylin returns after a short break with more strategies and techniques to develop your inner warrior. We'll be right back. Local fans, this is Kaylin Amadio, and I have an exciting announcement. Today, October 7th, 2014, I'm launching a new podcast to celebrate the realization of a dream. You've heard me speak often on Act Local about the book I've been writing. Well, that book is becoming a reality. I have a contract to publish The Boomer's Ultimate Guide to Social Media. Soon, baby boomers everywhere will have all my strategies and guidelines in one swell book that'll help them build a map to social media success. To help promote The Boomer's Ultimate Guide to Social Media and subsequent books in this series, I've put together The Boomer's Ultimate Guide podcast, where boomers like me and like you can come together to learn, share, and grow a thriving business and a vibrant life. This podcast is 30 minutes in length and comes in both audio and video formats. I interview guest experts on business, finance, health, wellness, longevity, food, sex, dating, and more. You don't want to miss this next chapter in my life because I'm going to help you live yours more fully. Check out Boomer's Ultimate Guide Podcast. Welcome to Act Local, marketing for small business with your host, Kaylin Amadio. Kaylin helps smart, savvy, and motivated business owners like you kick it up a notch online, even if you've tried and been disappointed before, or technology just isn't your thing. Act Local will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. And now here's your host, digital media maven, Kaylin Amadio. Hey, welcome back. This is Kaylin Amadio, and you are listening to Act Local, marketing for small business. And I want to introduce you to a previous guest of the show. I can tell you that Laurie's previous podcasts were some of the most downloaded in uh, this show's history. Laurie, I'll have to look up how many downloads you have altogether. I haven't done that in a long time. It's always fun. Um, Let me tell you about Laurie McCabe. She brings more than 20 years of experience in the IT industry to her role at SMB Group. Lori has built widespread recognition for her capabilities and insights in the small and medium business market in several areas, including uh, cloud computing, mobile solutions, business solutions, social networking and collaboration, and managed services. Now, prior to SMB Group, Lori worked in analyst roles as a partner at Hurwitz & Associates, Vice President of SMB Insights and Solutions at AMI Partners, and Vice President at Summit Strategies, where her original research of the emerging cloud computing model earned her broad recognition as a thought leader in, in the area. Laurie's nine years at uh, Digital Equipment Corporation, including her last role as Director of Market and Competitive Intelligence, provide her with critical experience from the vendor perspective. Now, Lori has earned widespread recognition for her insights into small and medium business technology adoption, requirements and challenges. She is a, and correct me if I'm wrong, a 2014, 2013, 2012, and 2011 (laughs) Small Business Influencer Awards champion, a winner of the 2012 SMB 150 Awards, and she blogs uh, personally at lauriemccabe.com, and that's L-A-U-R-I-E mccabe.com. Lori, welcome back to Act Local Marketing. Hi, Kaylin. Great to talk to you again, and um, happy holidays. Thank you. You too. I'll tell you, um, I, I mentioned that the couple of other 
interviews you've done with me because Lori always knows what's you know she looks into her crystal ball and she tells us <laughs> what is on the horizon what can we be thinking about and people must really like this Lori because they download that podcast those two podcasts that have predictions more so than um, many of the other interviews that I've done over the years so kudos mm -hmm. to you thank you Kate Kaylin it's great to hear you know try it we try to put these uh kind of um, arcane technology trends into a language that, you know, us mere mortals that are not necessarily technologists can understand and relate to in terms of our businesses. And it's, it's important to have um, some smarty pants people like you <laughs> looking at all this stuff and making it understandable for the rest of us. Now, you have a report that's going to be coming out soon that are the small and medium, uh, the SMB group's top 10 small and medium business technology trends for 2015. Correct. And yeah. we won't have time uh, to go through all 10 of them, but I have cherry picked um, half, I guess, maybe half of them that I'm hoping that we will get through because uh, several of them will impact you know local businesses small businesses a lot of the baby boomers that i deal with and marketing related things so the first one i want to ask you about is uh the cloud right a lot of uh a lot of businesses still get confused about what that means i can't tell you how many times i've had to explain to someone what the cloud actually <laughs> is but tell us about um the cloud as as the new it infrastructure for small to mid-sized businesses. Sure, absolutely. And, and before we get into that, I, I would just like to mention that this whole report is something we will make available for free on our website. So um, when we finalized it, I'm happy to send it to you if you want to put a link up there. And then people that might be interested in all 10 of them um, can, can download the report. Absolutely. I will include in uh, the show notes for this particular episode a link okay. over to the website so that people can do exactly that. Okay, fantastic. So yeah, our, our first prediction, as a matter of fact, is that cloud is the new infrastructure for SMBs. And you know, what we've seen over the years, and, and believe it or not, this concept of cloud computing has really been around since like the late 1990s. Yeah. Um, but it kind of got off to kind of a a rocky start for a lot of reasons that we don't really need to go in here into in detail. Suffice it to say, I think that maybe in the beginning, um, the concept was a little ahead of its time in terms of the available technology and network bandwidth and things like that. But we've basically seen um, cloud really take off in the last few years, especially since um, the recession. And Interestingly, what we're finding is that the cloud is, is definitely enabling a lot of smaller companies that, you know, no way, no how could they have ever been able to implement um, a lot of different technology solutions on their own. The cloud is kind of leveling the playing field um, because they don't have to have in-house technology expertise to deploy these solutions. And, you know, we're really seeing uh, in our research that more and more small businesses believe very strongly that technology solutions help them improve their business outcomes or run their businesses better. Um, so the cloud's really been a way for these guys to get those solutions that can really help them, um, you know, fulfill their business goals right. without having a lot of IT staff. So when when you talk about IT cloud IT solutions, give us some household names. Yeah, that well, people would a million that, of them. Yeah. So you know you now have some you know like QuickBooks Online and Tuit QuickBooks Online, which has now I think probably seven hundred fifty or eight hundred thousand customers are running QuickBooks Online, and that's something you know obviously kind of a household name for small businesses, um, you know, salesforce.com, Infusionsoft, um, Reach Local, which has a great uh, marketing automation solution um, for local businesses. Um, so there's, there's lots of them virtually in every solution category. I mean, most of us are already using cloud-based email solutions if we're using 
Gmail or Office 365 or something like that. So it, it really almost every single category of applications um, is now available in the cloud. And what we see um, in our last survey that we did in 2014 earlier this year is that 92% of SMBs are now using at least one cloud business solution, mm. which, which is the kinds I just mentioned, like for accounting and marketing and sales and things like that. And 87%, almost as many, are using at least one cloud infrastructure, infrastructure solution. So that could be you know, for security or backup or file sharing. So think, you know, Dropbox and Box.net um, and things like that. So we really, we really see, you know, small and medium businesses, it is already mainstream for them, but a lot of them are only using maybe, you know, one or two. But I think as we as these businesses really see the the benefits of automating parts of their businesses with technology and have a good experience with cloud solutions, we're, we're going to see that, that cloud expansion rise even further because there really aren't a lot of barriers to adopting a, a cloud-based solution. Right. And it, it really saves you in your budget because you don't have to maintain any of this kind of infrastructure or mm -hmm. yeah, any of these types it of does. software it yourself. Right. And they're and so helpful. It's really helpful. And, you know, one of the big sticking points for cloud in the past has been, oh, geez, even though it reduces a lot of the technology barriers for my business, um, it hasn't helped a lot of small businesses in terms of reducing business expertise barriers. So, in other words, you know, you may, you may have a very successful business, but you yourself may not be an accounting expert or a marketing expert or, you know, whatever. But we're starting to see, um, especially kind of in what I would call some of the newer cloud solutions, more expertise built in and more kinds of hand-holding services provided and a big emphasis on user experience and creating a user experience that makes it much easier for people that aren't subject matter experts to understand, you know, how they can most effectively use the solution in their business for, you know, better marketing or accounting or whatever. Right. All right. So now I would like you to talk to me about the Internet of Things. First of all, describe, because not everyone will have heard that term. So describe what that yeah. means well, and what it means to us as businesses. Exactly. I mean, Internet of Things is really interesting. Um, and you're right. A lot of people are have no idea what it means. And even if they have some kind of glimmer of an idea, it's that's, that's kind of where it stops. So, you know, the IT vendors out there and the prognosticators have been forecasting very big growth for intelligent, connected devices of all types. So think anything from... Um, you know, uh, Apple smartwatch or Google Glass to sensors and manufacturing equipment or, um, you know, maybe you've heard of these like smart parking meters and, you know, whatever. But the whole idea behind Internet of Things is that, you know, you can have these, these devices kind of seamlessly connected to, um, and, and you as a user, you don't have to necessarily do anything, but it the device is doing something for you. So a good example, an easy to understand example is a is something called tile, which is a little like thing you you clip on or paste on to your keys or your glasses or something like that. And when you can't find those things, um, you can get a signal from that tile as to where they are, right? Oh, that's brilliant. I hadn't even heard of that. That is well, brilliant. Well, you know, Kaylin, it's probably a must for us baby boomers, right? <laughs> wow. And I, ha I, have a I have a husband and three sons. And of the four of them, uh, three of them lose their stuff all, <laughs> all the yeah, time. Yeah, well, you know, I, I really think that, um, you know, obviously for, for baby boomers, um, you know, this is probably going to be a, a huge hit, right? Yeah, I love so, that idea. And, and they're inexpensive. I, I'm not trying to remember. I think I, I think they're like twenty 
four ninety nine or something. But it's a great way to just find your stuff. Now um, you know what I'm even thinking that you could attach this to your uh, dog or cat's collar, right? Yeah, or to you know I I I don't know like what the limits are, but it's you know pretty much designed for the stuff that we all misplace. <laughs> but I guess you know our dogs kind of misplace themselves, so <laughs> maybe <laughs> or especially could. cats they like they like to hide. Yeah, you, you don't know yeah. Where they are. So I I think okay. you know this this is just kind of. Just starting to really spark imagination in the consumer end of things, um, and I, and I think you know, but people are starting to to kind of get an idea through things like this and smartwatches and um, you know fit you know Fitbits. Those are another smart device, right? Yeah, yeah. But I think a lot of small and medium business owners, you know, they're kind of like, well, what does that have to do with my business? You know, what I don't get the business use case for me, right? Yes. But we're starting to see some some use case scenarios um, come out that I think just like um, Tile or Fitbit does in the consumer space you know, bring this into better focus um, to have people start getting more ideas about how they, they could could use Internet of Things. So, for instance, a couple of the examples I mentioned in the report are, you know, RFID, radio frequency identification, which, you know, has been used in logistics and, and um, packaging and all that kind of thing, you know, distribution for a long time. But it's usually been used in kind of closed-loop systems for more high-value goods because it hasn't been necessarily easy or cheap to implement. Right. So with Internet of Things technologies, it will really bring down the costs and make it more practical, let's say, for a small retailer to use it. So they could, they could track everything with... Um, you know, devices that would be, you know, in concept very similar to something like Tile with RFID cap capabilities that would give them better inventory ac accuracy. You know, when something is purchased in the, in, in the checkout, it would deplete the supply by one and also, of course, help them reduce theft. Mm -hmm. um, another thing I like is this whole idea of beacons. So, you know, not only could you use beacons in stores, and be beacons are like indoor positioning systems that communicate directly with a smartphone or, or other computing devices. It could be a computer. But um, I, I like, I, I, somebody was telling me the other day about a trucking company that is installing beacons, and it's like about 100, a fleet of about 100 trucks. And the beacons are um, set up to monitor all kinds of things like fuel and mileage and when maintenance is due and inspections are due. And this can really help this, this company reduce their vehicle downtime and, and cut costs. So I think we're still very early going, but I do believe in 2015 we're going to see a lot more examples of SMBs putting Internet of Things to work and getting value. And I think one of the neat things about it is that with the Internet of Things, you as a user, once you kind of deploy the solution, you don't have to do much. So like, for instance, in that trucking example, mm -hmm. the trucker doesn't do anything. This thing is just hooked up under the dashboard and that's that. So you don't have to worry about, you know, user adoption and, you know, will the user learn to use it and like it and all that. So I think at, at the end of the day, this could be a really great area for, for small businesses. And, you know, the, the trick will be, you know, a lot of this will probably be industry specific. Right. Um, so you have to kind of see, well, what, what are the people in my industry doing? And, and that might help a lot of small businesses get, get good ideas. Yeah, this it, you've already got my brain sort of turning because the trucking example reminded me I, I have a car for the first time that has OnStar. You know, people mm -hmm. either own that kind of car uh, that has it or they've seen commercials on TV. But this OnStar system, it sends me emails when there's uh, like my oil life had reached a certain level in the car right. and it sent me an email and said, you really need to change your oil and and stuff like that. And I'm realizing that there are certain kinds of small businesses like, you know, HVAC contractors and, and oh, yeah. businesses of that nature where it helps them not just when somebody has an emergency and they need you to come in or you get a big project and it's, you know, one-time construction, 
but it's the maintenance of, of people's systems, right? Maintenance that, of anything, really. You yeah, know, that this can sort of work into. If you had vending machines, um, yeah. you know, whatever, you know, it, it, it just, I think, holds like a, a huge potential to change the way you get information about devices so you can service them. And, keep and you can them. be proactive. Yeah, you keep know. them ship shape. <laughs> yeah, that that's really interesting. All right, so talk to me a little bit about marketing small, uh, small to mid sized businesses and marketing for the new buyer journey. Yeah, well, I know this topic is near and dear to your heart. Yes, <laughs> and um, well, basically, you know, it's interesting. This one came out. We just did a pretty big report, like fifty some odd page report, looking at about eight different marketing automation vendors and how they're seeing marketing change you know the techniques and tactics and strategies you know what's changing and why is it changing and you know what do SMBs need to kind of be paying attention to so they stay ahead of the curve and while there's a lot of things that that go into this big bucket of what's changing in marketing, I think to me, kind of the the umbrella is that really the way people buy stuff, whether it's a B two B world, you know, business to business buying or a B two C business to consumer buying experience, it's really changing. And there's I don't have I don't think specific statistics in here, but um, you know, basically what's happened is between the internet and social media and um, mobile and everything else, we are looking at and getting input from so many more sources along the way before we decide what to buy and where than ever before. Yeah, the, the consumer is so far down the funnel right. before they ever actually talk to the business that they end up buying from. Exactly. So there's all these touch points. And what does that mean for small and medium business? Well, it really means that, you know, by the time that buyer gets to you, whether it's a consumer or business buyer, they're already pretty well educated. Um, they have a lot more information. And they're coming in at different points and so it's very important for you to get them as a business the right information at the right time along that journey um and you know for instance you know you may originally you may just have to for some customers you may have very low awareness with with the with some of the customers you're trying to target so you have to figure out how do I raise awareness and what channels do I need to be in to raise that awareness. Um, for others, you know, they're they're further along. So what are what are the things you need to do for them, and where do you need to, um, and where and how do you need to market to them? And even once people are customers, you know, what should you be doing to um, make sure that they you know, continue to see you as a good place to buy whatever goods and services you offer and come back and and then hopefully even eventually become customer advocates for your business. Yes, and all of that sounds overwhelming. Yes. Right, for a lot of small businesses. Exactly. But there but there are methods uh there are methods that you can put in place to do some of the work for you so that you're not okay. physically having to stay on top of all of that. Exactly. So, you know, traditionally, most of us as small and medium businesses, we've relied on, you know, some point solutions, like maybe we have an email uh, marketing solution, maybe we're using a social uh, dashboard, let's say like Hootsuite, you know, we've been doing probably a few things and kind to trying to piece them together to address this like what you said is a very complicated and, and and more complicated everyday kind of challenge so what we see is that SMBs that say gee I need to take a more integrated approach to marketing and look at how they can move from the point solutions to solutions that really help you monitor and manage and um, 
you know, create content along every stage of the marketing funnel, those companies are going to get tremendous benefit um, because they'll be able to kind of automate a lot of manual processes, have the information integrated so they can be smarter about the customer experience and how they may need to adjust and, um, you know, basically be well positioned to take advantage of things as, as mobile and social and, and other kinds of technologies like analytics continue to, to be available to help them, you know, do a better job marketing. Yes. And while it'll be a lot of work up front uh, to get, and you won't get it all right. You'll no. get some of it right and you'll get feedback. You know, you'll discover things along the way. But the more of that work that you do up front, the more it'll seem like magic for your customers. Right. And, and they'll and I, really appreciate that. Exactly. And I know most of your, your audience is small business, right? Yes. And, and I'd really say, you know, one of the other things in this report, you know, a lot of vendors say they, they focus on small and medium businesses. Well, that can run the gamut from businesses, you know, companies that focus, they have marketing automation solutions and they try to focus on companies with under 25 employees, like an Infusionsoft or Reach Local, to companies that say SMB and that can go up to companies with 2,500 employees. Yes. So I think, you know, the, the, so you don't get intimidated, really want to do a little homework and figure out which ones are really in my wheelhouse because SMB is used pretty indiscriminately like by vendors. There's no one standard definition. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, before you wait or spend a lot of time investigating the solution because you know time is money for all of us make sure these the ones you're looking at are really designed for for a true small business yes that's a very good point uh i want to take a quick break and then i have two more questions for you can you hold on for one moment absolutely perfect i'm having so much fun uh thinking about these trends you're getting my my creative juices flowing. I hope everyone else is out there too. You're listening to Act Local, marketing for small business. This is Kaylin Amadio, and we're going to take a very quick break. Act Local is the place where busy entrepreneurs like you gain more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives them the power to bring their business to the next level. Kaylin returns after a short break with more strategies and techniques to develop your inner warrior. We'll be right back. Once there was a smart baby boomer that loved her business. She knew that to grow it, she would need marketing. So she went for a search on the internet and came across all sorts of social media. She went on all the sites and opened accounts, but after starting profiles on all of them, she began to feel overwhelmed. To do all the marketing experts told her to do was just too big a task. She needed a change. Because she was a smart entrepreneur, she chose two of the popular social media sites to market her business. But after months and months, it didn't seem to make any difference. And she saw other savvy business owners using different sites here and blogging over there. When suddenly, she noticed more clever baby boomers going to iKalen.com and leaving so happy, she just had to see for herself. iKalen.com helped her make a marketing plan to grow her business that wasn't too big and wasn't too little. It was just right. So close to you right now. Welcome to Act Local, marketing for small business with your host, Kaylin Amadio. Kaylin helps smart, savvy, and motivated business owners like you kick it up a notch online, even if you've tried and been disappointed before or technology just isn't your thing. Act Local will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. And now here's your host, digital media maven, Kaylin Amadio. Hey now, this is Kaylin Amadio. 
This is Kaylin Amadio, and you're listening to Act Local Marketing for Small Business with my special guest today, Laurie McCabe. She is with the SMB Group, and Laurie is uh, she's my personal crystal ball owner. Mm. <laughs> There's got to be a better way to say kind that. Of but scary to think of me in that position, but. <laughs> But she is so excellent. Her firm, you know, they look at the trends. They they take in a lot of data and they process it. And then they're able to give back to us in a very meaningful way what they think we should be paying attention to in uh, technology and marketing and all kinds of trends that uh, matter to small to mid-sized businesses. And we're talking about the 2015 technology trends that all of us should be worried about. We've actually, there. there's a report that I'm going to give you a link to from the webpage of this podcast so that you can download the entire report when it's finalized. And there, there, are, t- there are 10 top things to worry about. We're only going to cover about half of them today, just a little bit. And we've already talked about the cloud and how it is the new IT infrastructure for many small to mid-sized businesses. We've talked about the Internet of Things. And if you don't know what that is, first of all, Google it. You'll learn a little bit. But then you get, you're going to have to go back and listen uh, back in this podcast because that's, a, that's another thing that, that is going to be very interesting as we move forward. And also, we talked about the fact that the buyer is so smart now. The buyer is so savvy. And all of us, whether you know B2B or B2C, we're all out there looking up uh, information about the goods and services we want and figuring things out long before we ever step through a door somewhere to do business with someone. And as a business owner, I mean, we're all doing it personally, no matter what it is we go by. But just imagine our own uh, clients and ideal prospects are doing the same thing when it comes to us and our businesses. So what do we do about that, right? So uh, Laurie was talking about that a little bit. Now, uh, there's a very interesting uh, trend that I want you to talk about, and that has to do with uh, key performance indicators. And that versus return on investment, ROI, because in digital marketing, you know, the thing that, that small business has been saying all along about social media is, but what's the return on my investment? If I pay a company to do this, how soon am I going to be on the front page of Google? Or, you know, how often is my phone going to ring? And those are very hard things to uh, determine. And they're very hard things to track quite often because a lot of what goes on in digital is similar to networking. And what's the ROI of networking? I don't know. So talk to me about these uh, key performance indicators versus return on investment. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think historically, you know, the vendors anyway, uh, in white papers and other kinds of education, educational collateral have tended to focus on you know, proving that their their solutions can provide value via these return on investment type of models and analysis, which honestly are kind of complex and very big picture. And, you know, you have to factor in everything to an ROI. Um, likewise, there's another thing called a total cost of ownership calculation where you have to you know, kind of figure out, you know, all the money you invested for a solution and how much that solution is going to cost you over, let's say, a five-year period. And it's, the assessments and metrics, while they can be beneficial, they're, they're usually kind of vague and they're, they're very dependent on nuanced measurements. And, Honestly, I've yet to run into very many small and medium businesses that ever do any kind of ROI or TCO calculation at this big picture level because they're very complicated to do and time consuming. Right. So what we've been seeing is there's something that most companies have been measuring for years, whether or not they call it KPI, but key performance indicators. And these are more discrete metrics that 
some of them are general. Like, so for instance, um, you know, what's the time it takes you to close your financial books, right? Probably most companies, um, you know, have that function because hopefully they're making some money <laughs> and they have to close the books. And, you know, you know, are you doing that with a shoebox full of stuff? Are you doing that with Excel? Are you doing that with QuickBooks? Or, you know, how are you doing it and what's your process and how much time it's taking you um, is, is, is a key performance metric. Then there are also metrics that are very industry specific. Like so, for in e-commerce, we want, might want to measure things like conversion rates. You know, how what is our rate of visitors to the website that actually, you know, convert into paying customers? Or a nonprofit might want to measure, you know, the number and increase in donors and the average contribution per donor. So there are a lot of different KPIs, and the nice thing about KPIs is that they give small and medium businesses more specific, kind of very actionable insights on business performance so they can see where they're doing well and kind of measure and monitor what areas need improvement. So what we're seeing is a lot of vendors starting to um, – kind of cater to this more more kind of specific measurement requirement and giving small and medium businesses more information about the kind of metrics and benefits that existing customers are getting um, for their key workflows and business processes. Um, and I think if you're if you're contemplating any kind of new business solution, um, it really makes sense to seek these out, to really understand, okay, what were the specific areas of the business that your solution impacted and how and by how much? How much time did it reduce? How much, um, you know, what if it was a revenue metric, you know, how did it affect revenues? If it was, you know, a conversion rate, you know, what what was the number or the, the percentage of new customers that are converting? How did that change that? Uh, you know, repeat customer sales, whatever it is. But I think this more discrete metric is a good way to go for small business because I think it, it'll give you a lot more actionable information on whether the solution is going to give you the kind of results you're going to need. Yeah, it seems it, they seem much more concrete. They are small businesses. If it's yeah. the kind of thing that you can put on an Express Excel spreadsheet every month and track and see a trend line that's either going up or going down, right? Then, then you feel you have some sort of control over it. And who was it? Was it Peter Drucker who said that if you're not measuring it, then you can't do anything about it? Yeah, I'm not sure, but well, I one of those one of those <laughs> business gurus, right? Yeah, I remember that quote. Yeah, it was something yeah. like if what if you're not measuring something then how do you ever expect to be able to change it? Because you don't really know what's happening. Anecdotal right. stuff's not going to help you. And, you know, matter of fact, a lot of the vendors we've been talking about, like Intuit and, and Infusionsoft and Reach Local and, and many, many others, you know, they're, they're using analytics to build in these reporting capabilities to help you see those metrics in your own business, right, mm -hmm. more easily. Um, kind of taking that, oh, I've got to be a data scientist out of the <laughs> out of the equation. So, like, you know, the rest of us can understand what's going on in our business. But, for instance, Intuit is also providing a service where you can benchmark yourself against other companies in your industry on some of these KPIs. So, for oh, instance, interesting. yeah, if you're um, – a salon and spa owner in the Northeast, you can say, okay, this is, um, you know, kind of what my customer retention rate looks like, you know, repeat business or upselling or whatever, you know, you know, selling product with the service, whatever you want to measure. And then you can also opt in to get aggregate information from people with similar businesses. So you can see, am I ahead? Am I behind? you know, and, and then focus on the areas that you need to improve. 
Right. right. Very interesting. Okay, I have one more question for you before we go. I think we have time for one more. And I really wanted to ask you about this particular uh, trend in your report because of what happened with the Sony hack. Okay. Right. We talked because we talked about the cloud. We're talking about technology solutions, and yet there's going to be the the other side of the fence where people say, "Yeah, but what, once you put everything in the cloud, and once you're connected there, you're leaving yourself open uh, to hackers or any other kind of you know malicious things that are going on. How am I going to protect my business from that?" Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, buying security and backup solutions and, and, you know, protection from hackers, you know, whatever, whatever kind of thing that comes under that data protection umbrella that you could think of. You know, unfortunately, a lot of us kind of think of it, it kind of, it's kind of like insurance until the until the disaster strikes, <laughs> yes, we're like, oh, do I don't really need that? You know, do I really want to spend X amount on that? Um, and so I, I think, again, this is another area where many smaller companies, they, they may have bitten off one part of the problem, right? They may have already, um, you know, they may be using something like, I don't know, um, something for antivirus and anti-spyware and anti-spam. But, you know, maybe they're not uh, backing things up in a way that makes sense mm -hmm. um, that's going to protect them. Or maybe they're, you know, they, they, they have a kind of spotty device control situation. So, yeah, we've got all the right security measures in place for our desktops and our laptops, but we haven't really thought about it for mobile yet, right? Yeah, there's so many parts to the puzzle now. Yeah, exactly. So there's more and more, you know, moving parts. There's the traditional apps and infrastructure, you know, desktops and servers. There's the cloud apps, the social, mobile. And really the other big thing is that the data you may need your own data and data you may, you may, that is your own business data may reside in more places, right? Because mm -hmm. it's on all these devices. So yeah. how do you control and manage and protect that? And I think some of these big hacks and data breaches and everything else, like at Sony and Home Depot and eBay, I mean, you just, I just went and Googled, you know, 2014 data breaches and it was like, Oh my God, it was crazy. So you're never going to prevent every kind of issue in your company, but I think it's it's something that I would hope at least that more small businesses are going to say, hey, you know, we need to at least do a health check on the basics here, on devices, on data loss prevention, on you know security, which would get into the spyware and the hacking and all that, um, and then you know just overall disaster recovery. Like if you do have your own servers, you know what if your your building gets you know flooded in a hurricane? Um, do, do you have that all backed up somewhere? So I think um, you know with these really high profile things, obviously we're all learning there's huge financial and brand and legal ramifications um, if your data isn't protected so I think that more small businesses will say hey I gotta I gotta do a health check here and a sanity check and make sure my business isn't gonna go down um, because something is hacked or data is lost or stolen or it's just an act of God right you know, it surprises me when I, I, I talk to a lot of IT people. IT and digital marketing are, you know, good sources of referral for one another. So I end up talking to a lot of IT people. And it amazes me when they tell me stories about not just individual business owners, but rather significantly sized small businesses or mid-sized businesses that don't have any kind of backup. Right. right? They've got their own little server farm. Uh, in a basement somewhere, 
but right. and they think that that's good enough that they have control over their data and you really have to stop and think you really don't you have to i mean i i don't have the statistics off the top of my head but if you google any kind of disaster um you know that's happened so you know hurricane sandy or anything really oh kaylin i'm sorry that this phone <laughs> that's all right don't worry about it um but if you take a look at any of these area any of these disasters you find an enormously high percentages of small businesses end up going out of business because of the disaster and a lot of times it's because IT suffered so much damage in terms of losing records, losing customer information, um, you know, everything you, you need, all that information you need to run your business. And it's all so, preventable. That doesn't have to happen. It is preventable. And, you know, another thing is, like, it is overwhelming to think about, just like a lot of these technology areas, but you don't, you don't need to think of it all and do it all yourself. You know, the, the important thing would be to engage with, uh, um, you know, a local provider or, or a bigger company, you know, probably would be online then, who can help you kind of run through the basics and make sure you've covered at least 80%. You know, it's like the 80-20 rule. You're not going to probably always be able to account for everything but you can probably pretty easily get the most important stuff covered and that is very very true and I agree the 80 20 rule is terrific I wrote a blog post on it once I'm such a big believer yeah it. there's so many ways you can apply it but that that's a good way to look at it rather than let this whole thing overwhelm you just you know as you're planning for 2015 even if you've already written your plan for 2015 Go back and look at it and say, okay, did I really take into account uh, protecting my data and protecting my customers and right. my employees and my business in general so that should yeah. something catastrophic, uh, whether intentional or not, happen, right. that I'm prepared for that. Yeah, because even if you're a very small business and you're a solo business and and you know, you know, maybe you know. Let, let's say your revenues for the year eighty thousand dollars, but if you were to lose all the information about your customers, about um, billing, about you know, wh whatever it is you have, that that might mean that you don't have any revenues the next year. Yes. Yeah. Could you come back from that? Right. So, or so think customer. in terms of the worst case scenario and and what would that do? Right, or your if your business. customer, if you're not protecting your customer's information um, and that somehow gets compromised, your reputation is down the tubes. Yeah. So in that case, it's not like you've lost it, but it's been hacked into, and then those customers no longer want to do business with you because they don't trust you. Exactly. So, Lori, people are going to want to check into this some more, so tell me where they can find SMB Group online. Uh, SMB Group is at www.smb-gr.com. So smb-gr.com is where you can find Laurie at SMB Group, or you can also check out uh, her blog at lauriemccabe.com, which I'll spell for you again. And this will be in the show notes, so if you're driving and uh, can't write it down, don't worry. You can come back uh, to actlocalmarketing.com and find these links as well. Her blog is L-A-U-R-I-E-M-C-C-A-B-E dot com. Laurie, I am so ready for 2015 now. Oh, I'm, I'm glad, Kaylin. I, I think it's been so much fun to talk to you and um, really appreciate your time too and, and uh, look forward to getting these top 10 out there and, and hopefully your, your uh, listeners will get some value out of it. Oh, I'm sure they will. And I thank you so much for your time, everyone. You are listening to Act Local, Marketing for Small Business. You know, we bring you a new episode every Tuesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Eastern Time over at the website, actlocalmarketing.com. And, of course, you can always download on iTunes or Stitcher. And until next time, I would very much like for all of you to take care.
Join Kaylin for more marketing madness each week on Act Local Marketing. It will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. Act Local Marketing for Small Business goes live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern and can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and at actlocalmarketing.com. Have a question for Act Local? Email Kaylin at ask at actlocalmarketing.com. That's A-S-K at actlocalmarketing.com. And she may answer you right on air. Make sure to include your name and business website for a free shout out. Don't forget to tell your friends and colleagues about Act Local and leave Kaylin a review at the iTunes store. See you next time on Act Local Marketing for Small Business.